0: Life throws us a curveball, and sometimes we do it to ourselves. This is one of those stories. Don't call me tacky. You can't be alive in our culture today and not have heard about the benefits of daily vitamins, so I won't say any more about that. Instead, what if downing your daily C's and D's led to your life spinning out of control? Let's just say this story has some hard-to-swallow moments. I go to an AA meeting every Saturday morning at 10, and I have a ritual I follow that allows me to settle in and get present. After getting coffee and greeting friends, I grab a seat, usually on the aisle. I like to sit where I can exit easily, a long-standing rule that has served me well for years. When faced with an uncomfortable situation, I hot footed to the nearest exit. However, on this particular day, that seat was taken, so I took a seat almost in the middle of the row in order to sit next to a friend. Now, this may seem like a little thing, but it put my day off kilter, and I was determined to get myself back on track. I sat back in my chair in an effort to get myself in hand and started my Saturday morning ritual. Carefully, I remove a small plastic baggie of vitamins from my bag, as noiselessly as possible, and take them, quietly, during the opening readings at the meeting. I always do this, every Saturday, the same way, all the while looking at the person talking in the front of the room. As I did this on this day, I thought of my full schedule of errands to do after the meeting. I needed to post some flyers later for my homeowners association, so I had also placed a small baggie of thumbtacks in my purse. Now, you're probably thinking, "Uh uh-oh, and then followed that with the thought, well, that shouldn't be a problem. They don't look anything alike. I concentrated on getting settled in my new seat and kept my eyes forward as I fished in my bag to find my vitamins. Out came the little baggie. I began to relax as I felt it in my hand and silently opened it. I grabbed a small handful of the contents, shoved them in my mouth and washed them down with a big old gulp of water. I remember thinking they stuck a little in my throat, but those fish oil and calcium tablets, they're just huge. A few minutes later, I looked down at the baggie to grab a few more, and my first thought was, why are all these pills yellow? Then I noticed the pointed ends, and it dawned on me, O-M-G. I have just swallowed a handful of thumbtacks. Well, I wasn't sure what to do. Should I stay or should I go? Maybe they just worked their way through my body and I could eliminate them. On second thought, that sounded painful. How big was your esophagus anyway? And what did it connect to? Would I choke? The duodenum kept leaping into my mind, but I had no idea where it was or even how to pronounce it, really. I wish I could say I employed any of the 12 steps of AA at this point, like admitting I was powerless, but they seemed to have left my mind entirely. All I knew was I had to get out of there. I popped up from my seat and climbed over several pairs of legs to get to the aisle and out the door. Once I was outside and able to breathe a little better, I decided it might be a good idea to call 911. I was so happy to have my phone which I must tell you is a joke to anyone who's ever tried to call me on it. I only use it for emergencies, so it's never turned on, much to everyone's annoyance. But that day, I celebrated my resourcefulness and knew it was my lifeline. I waited for it to turn on, only to get battery needs charging and no ability to make a call. Well, gummit, now what? Was the universe telling me I should pay more attention to my phone? I didn't think so. I started to hyperventilate, at least I think that's what it was, but by now any medical terms were starting to get all jumbled up in my mind. I knew I was really spinning out of control, so I decided the best thing to do was make a run to a little community hospital nearby. I pulled into the empty lot and raced into the waiting room, where I was greeted by a young woman who looked about 18. I explained my situation, and without taking her eyes from my face, she asked, Where are the thumbtacks, ma'am? You mean the ones inside me or the others? The others, ma'am, she said with almost no emotion. At first, I thought she wanted me to go to the car and bring in the thumbtacks. But then I realized where she was heading and said, (laughs) Excuse me, do you think I can't be trusted around office supplies and I'm trying to commit suicide by thumbtack? With no reply, she left to get her superior, which I thought was a very good idea. I was led into an examining room, and seconds later, in walks a Novato version of Dr. McDreamy. I perked up instantly and recounted my dilemma in a lively, and I hoped engaging, manner. He was quite attentive and ordered an immediate x-ray. I remarked on this to the nurse. Perhaps he'd found my particular case compelling and was taking an extra measure of care. The nurse muttered, yeah, well, he's married, follow me as she led me into radiology. Several x-rays were taken, seen by two, then three, and finally all the nurses in emergency, because they couldn't believe what I had done and I thought it was a great story. We were all becoming friends and I noticed how the energy had picked up. I would almost call it a party mood. I was told that a gastroenterologist and anesthesiologist were being called from neighboring towns to extract the tax in a somewhat elaborate procedure. The nurses and I had a contest to guess how many tacks I'd swallowed, but no one guessed as high as seven. As it would take over 30 minutes for the doctors to arrive, there was concern the tacks could move down from their current location at the end of the esophagus and drift into the intestines before the doctors came. It was decided I should lie down to slow the process. But just then, a maintenance man from an upper floor of the hospital and a couple of nurses from the next wing came in to see the x-rays in me, and, well, I didn't do such a good job. When the nurses told me I would need someone to drive me home, I remembered my cell with no juice. Let me see it, one of the nurses said. I showed it to her, and she said, I had a similar one, and I think I can track down a charger so I could be able to make that call. Now I ask you, is this superior service or what? Off she went, spreading the news of the patient with the dead cell phone and thumbtacks. In less than 30 minutes, she was back, cell phone charged enough for me to make a call to get me home. I just can't say enough about the resourcefulness of the people in that hospital, with the possible exception of the receptionist. About that time, Gastro Guy and his sidekick arrived. He tells me they'll knock me out, put a couple of tubes down my throat and attempt to bring the little suckers out with a tiny net threaded through one of those tubes. If that's not successful, he'll have to go in through my stomach. This is not an ideal situation as that means the intestine is at risk for perforation. None of this sounds good to me, so I assure him I will keep those thumbtacks just where they are. He commends me on my good mood. When I think about that, I realize it's been years since I had so much focus on myself. And although this isn't an optimal situation, it's kind of fun if you don't think about the risk. Plus, the experience itself. I couldn't have dreamed up a Saturday like this one if I tried. When you reach a certain age, you just naturally assume most of the fun times are a thing of the past. So hey, I consider this a huge bonus. I was wheeled through the corridors on a gurney, and I have to tell you, it is just like they show it on TV, only faster, a lot faster with a lot more nausea-inducing turns. Finally, we wheeled into the operating theater, where I was hooked up to lots of machines and lots of sticky things, then instructed to breathe deeply. Phew, this smells awful, I cried about the mask over my mouth. I won't and that was just how quickly I was out. The tacks were retrieved without further ado, and about 20 minutes after the procedure, I was awake. Boy, they've come a long way since I had my tonsils out in 1954. My sweet neighbor came and fetched me. Since I was only allowed soft food for the rest of the day, off we went in search of ice cream. I really felt fine and told her not to worry about me, but I think she called me high. Anyway, Safeway had all the ice cream, yogurt, and sparkling water I needed. I bought three kinds of ice cream because you never know if that anesthesia does strange things to your taste buds. All was well until the next day when I felt like my throat had been sawed in half lengthwise. Thank God for that ice cream, which kept me fed all day Sunday. The only other side effect was the bill. For a total of less than three hours in the emergency room, It was $13,000. Now, I tell this story for a couple of reasons. First, an emergency is like an out-of-body experience. There's no way to predict how we'll react. On the one hand, I was happy to see how level-headed I was. On the other hand, I could not believe how hard it was for me to realize I was in danger. This is a blind spot, one I've encountered at other times in my life when I struck out to do something without really thinking it through. I was also aware that, once again, I was rescued by God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And this is the bigger lesson. I struggle, as we all do, with trust, always wanting assurance that I'll be taken care of. And here was a perfect example of that. Also, I believe it's never too late to flirt and have a good time, no matter where you are. That can't help but perk up everyone involved, especially the flirter. When I told this story to my friends, there were lots of jokes about my being a woman hard as steel or sharp as a tack, or even, if you can believe this, tactless. Ha ha. But you know what? I believe a good laugh will take the edge off most anything, even swallowing thumbtacks and having a little emergency surgery. I figure that's not a bad way to face an unexpected event, enjoying myself, laughing, flirting, and trusting I'll be taken care of in the end. That's real peace of mind, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on nowthatyouaskpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.